Hello football fans and welcome to another edition of Monday Morning Huddle. I'm your host Dave Holcomb. I apologize for last week not notifying our fans out there that there would be no show. But we're back this week. The summer is winding down here. We're at the towards the end of August. So we got preseason games starting and already towards the end of week two here on this Monday morning or you could be listening to this later in the week and it's already the beginning of week three. But uh, for this week's show, we decided to change it up a little bit. This is the first show that's actually being recorded outside as we enjoy uh, some nice August weather. We also have guest Tyler Sapala with us today, uh, a giant follower, um, the guest on today's show. Hey, Ty. <laughs> hey, how you doing, Dave? Uh, good to be here. Real excited. And uh, this is my first podcast. So the fans <laughs> of uh, Monday Morning Huddle, uh, please uh, take it easy on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming on the show. No problem. So we were going to start off today with the Giants and Jets game that was, uh, of course, played last night at MetLife in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Um, that, that final score, in case you missed it, was 26-3 to in favor of the Super Bowl champs, the G-Men. So let's start out with the Giants. Let's, let's change it up sure. from most media yeah. uh, and, and cover the Giants first, Ty. Um, what impressed you about the Giants last night and their 26, you know, basically the thromping of, of the New York Jets? Well, that's just it. I mean, if you looked at that game, it's it's hard to complain about, you know, seven sacks from the defensive end in, in really any game, and the quarterbacks were just absolutely smothered. You know, uh, Sanchez, Tebow, they really had no time back there, and uh, you just really got to be impressed with how complete and ready that team looks, you know. Uh, Eli struggled a little, but he hit his receivers, and you know, they moved the ball on offense. They really did. So, And you really can't complain with the final scoreline either, right? 26-3 to 3 is pretty good. <laughs> right, of course. Uh, good if you're a Giants fan, I guess yeah. you could say. Um, you made reference to those seven sacks and that defensive line that just right. seems like when somebody goes down uh, with an injury or, or Michael Strahan retires, somebody is waiting in the wings to step up and take over, and that defensive line is just stellar, right? It's, well, it's got to be the best in the league. Well, absolutely. I mean, you look at, you know, they lose a guy like Michael Strahan, arguably the best all time, and who steps in and fills his place, Jason Pierre-Paul, who's an absolute freak, probably one of the top defensive linemen, if not the best defensive lineman in the league right now. And then you even got Justin Tuck, and OCU Manure is the third best defensive end on this team. <laughs> he might honestly be one of the top 20, 15 guys out there. You know, and then even you get their defensive tackles. You got, you know, Limbaugh Joseph. You got Rocky Bernard. Even Chris Canty is the fourth defensive end there. He's pretty solid. So they really do a great job of getting downhill and getting the quarterback. Right. As we know that they're going to do a good job of, of getting to the quarterback. But in the secondary, they have a few question marks. Of course, last year in the first round, they, they drafted cornerback Prince Amukamara, who, who was injured for most of the of last year, if I'm if I'm correct, Ty. Absolutely. Um, but uh, he's obviously they want him they want him to take some strides and and tell us a little bit about that secondary. Do you think it's strong enough for the Giants to to win the division and make another playoff run? Well, you know I think anyone can cover a wide receiver for about you know two and a half seconds. That's about how fast that defensive line seems to get there. <laughs> so I don't think they have to cover guys for too long. But uh, 
Quincy Mukamura, he's uh, he's definitely adjusting to the game. I think he could be could be an option there, but I think a lot of things that people are overlooking is the fact that Terrell Thomas is coming back into the secondary. He had 81 tackles in 2010. He was an absolute animal in that secondary. And, you know, you still got a guy like uh, Kenny Phillips is great at stopping the run, and you also have Antrell Roll. Both guys, I think, had about 70 or 80 tackles last year. Do a decent job of stopping the run. Good free safeties over the top, but it's really going to come down to the corners. You know, I think Corey Webster's been in the system for long enough now where he can make some strides and improve there. And, you know, with Terrell Thomas coming back, Prince of Mukamore is only going to get better. He was hurt almost all last year, and he's going to be better than he was last year. Switching to the other side of the ball, we're going to, to the offense. Ty, before we came on air uh, today, you, you referenced a stat that was pretty amazing to me. With, with Eli Manning's passer rating in the fourth quarter. It was right. one, 110? 110 passer rating in the fourth quarter and the most touchdowns of any quarterback. So, so it, it's pretty incredible that I would think anybody would still doubt an Eli Manning two-time Super Bowl MVP and having a quarterback rating of over 110 or at 110 is just ridiculous. But the question that I have on the Giants' offensive side, we know that Amar Bradshaw is the guy without Brandon Jacobs this year. Um, but who is going to fill in as that number two running back? They have two guys kind of battling for it, the rookie, David Wilson, and then the more veteran, uh, still young player, though, um, DJ Ware. Well, I, I think they've pretty much decided they're going with Wilson there. You know, he is a very solid uh, player. Upside potential is huge. He rushed for 1,700 yards in, uh, at Virginia Tech last year, which is pretty impressive. But then also, you know, you don't want to count out Ware. He's got, you know, that – Experience. He's been in the league for six years now. He's a great changeup back. He's great on screens. They loved using him on third down. And even they had Brandon Jacobs and Ahmad Bradshaw there. And Ware still got some time, still got some carries, still, you know, made a pretty decent impact on that team. So I think he could also be up there. But I think the majority of the second carries are probably going to go Wilson this year. Certainly will be a fun season for the New York Giants as they try and repeat as Super Bowl champs. But switching to the other side of the field now with the New York Jets, um, how do you feel about the Jets this year? How did they look last night? Or, or what's the feeling that you get? I know that they're not really the team that you follow as closely as the Giants, but, but what's your opinion on the Jets? Well, uh, I think the Jets definitely have some question marks this year, you know. Um, and the main thing is, is it's at the quarterback position, you know. It's, that's where all the media is around them for, for a good reason. That's where they're going to struggle this year, you know. Mark Sanchez is either going to come up and, and be the guy or he's going to fade and they're going to have to, you know, kind of rebuild there, I think, this year. And watching that game last night, it's, I, I would be a little worried as a Jets fan, honestly. It, it's very true, and you make uh, reference to the, the Tebow Sanchez competition. What upsets me about uh, the whole quarterback situation is they haven't put Sanchez in a position to really win. You know, the, and I know that he's probably regressed. I know you've mentioned that off air that, that Sanchez may have regressed since his right. rookie year, but there's really not a ton of good wide receivers around him. Um, Santonio Holmes not even on on the field right now practicing and mm -hmm. you know is he even really that good anymore right. question mark there uh, the offensive line at least last night atrocious giving up seven sacks yeah. and is the defense really as good as it as it has been in the past but so the ultimate question though that everybody wants to know Tim Tebow or Mark Sanchez <laughs> who would you start week one 
Well, right now, uh, I would definitely go with Mark Sanchez. You know, it's. Uh, I know I wasn't impressed by either one of them in the game last night, but again, it is hard to judge uh, a quarterback's abilities when that defensive line is bearing down on you and you're rushing your throws and you're on your back for half the game. So um, I think Sanchez has definitely shown that he can win games. He's won playoff games before, road playoff games, something Tebow hasn't done. Uh, he's been to two AFC Championship games, so he can do it. The question mark is, are they going to put him in a spot where he can do it? Will he be able to be successful? That's a great question, Ty, because right now, the, with the pieces surrounded Sanchez, I, I don't see it being successful, and it's, it wouldn't be Sanchez's fault, but ultimately right. he would get the blame. Oh, well, exactly. Who else <laughs> is going to get the blame but the quarterback, right? <laughs> right, of course. So that's all we have for the first segment. Of course, that preseason game was uh, played last night. That is Friday, as we, or excuse me, Saturday, as we air this show Sunday afternoon. Um, that we're doing it a little different this week. We're we're airing the show Sunday afternoon, so we do not know the results of the Sunday night games. Of course, there's only one tonight. Um, the Steelers are taking on the Colts, and we are all very uh, anxious to see how Andrew Luck does against that top defense from Pittsburgh. So, so that result is not in as of this recording. But I just want to remind all our fans that all of the preseason game recaps are available on our website at footballnation.com, which is where this uh, podcast is also available. It's put up every Monday morning. And uh, you can get other Football Nation news at on this Facebook page, which is called Dave's Football News. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to actually let you listen to some George Harrison as we had Beatles music two weeks ago. So we're going with the lesser-known Beatle of the four. But uh, here's some good music from George Harrison. We'll be right back. It's going to take time, a whole lot of precious time. It's going to take patience and time. Welcome back to Monday Morning Huddle. Just to remind our fans out there, we'd love to hear uh, your feedback on the show. You can reach me at my Twitter, D-M-H-O-L-C-O-M-B, or you can email me at my Gmail account. It's a brand new account of two months. I don't get many emails, so send me an email about the NFL, D-M-H-O-L-C-O-M-B-06 at gmail.com. And as I mentioned, you can also like the Facebook page, Dave's Football News. So we're back here with Tyler Sapala just for a, a few brief fantasy football questions as many of our fans on Football Nation that listen in are probably uh, fantasy football players and are involved in their leagues. So I, I thought we could throw in a few questions to another uh, big fantasy player in Ty. So to start out, uh, to go to the team that you're most familiar with, the Giants, what players do you like on the Giants? Or, or if you were to pick one that you would want from the Giants, who, who, would, who would that player be? Well, the guy with the most upside, I mean, is clearly Victor Cruz. You know, the guy had, what, 1,600 yards last year, tons of touchdowns. He can always hit that big home run for you, and that leads to a lot of fantasy points. You know, he'll have that 99-yard touchdown catch like he did against the Jets. <laughs> he can put up, you know, the 160-yard, two-touchdown week that every fantasy owner craves. But if you're looking for consistency, I mean, it's got to be Eli Manning. The guy just consistently puts up 300 yards, two TDs every single game. He might throw an interception or two, but he is going to get you a solid 24, 25 points every single week you go out there. 
going on to outside the Giants, uh, what what player would you would you kind of be wary about, or not maybe maybe not stay away from, but what player out there do you think is most overvalued in fantasy uh, draft boards this year? Well, I would say it's uh, at the quarterback position, actually. And uh, I'm not saying he's not a bad player because he is a great player, but I think Cam Newton is a little overvalued this year. Um, I think Cam Newton's value uh, last year a lot came from his his running, you know, his ability to run and get into the end zone. He had 14 rushing touchdowns last year, more than, you know, a lot of second-tier, third-tier running backs out there. And you just got to question, how much how, – is he going to get 14 rushing touchdowns again? And is he going to be able to hold up running, taking hits like this? I mean, I just don't know if the value is there for the pick. You're probably going to have to use a second-round, third-round pick on him, and I might be able to get someone else there that might get me into the end zone a little bit more. Right. Of course, somebody who was very high value last year, Michael Vick, similar style of quarterback, and he wasn't able to right. say, stay healthy for exactly. a full, full season, full 16 games. And uh, going on to the opposite, what player do you think is really undervalued or, or could possibly be a sleeper this year in the draft, in the fantasy draft? Yeah. Well, you know, you don't really look to New England for running backs, but uh, I think Stephen Ridley might actually be, uh, be undervalued there. You know, you have Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis out, and Danny Woodhead looks like he might be playing the second fiddle to him there. And, you know, this guy's fast. He's good out of the backfield. He's quick. And you know what? Every time they run the ball, it's a surprise because they don't do it. So he's definitely got the potential to break some big gains there and uh, get into the end zone a little bit more. All right, great. Well, I wanted to thank you for coming on today's show. It's really been a fun time, Ty. Oh, thanks for having <laughs> me. It's been, uh, it's been a blast. So. All right, moving on to our next segment in the show, we're just going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys briefly. Uh, there's a relatively new writer on uh, footballnation.com. Called, uh, his name's Steve Shackleford, if I'm saying that correctly, and he's writ- written a lot of popular articles on the Dallas Cowboys. I wanted to mention uh, that first one, Chad Johnson, a perfect fit for the Dallas Cowboys, and that second one, Jason Witten, injury good for wide receivers. You know they love their controversy in Big D, so I think some controversial articles are fitting. But um, that first one, Chad Johnson, a perfect fit. I'm not so sure Johnson really should have a job anywhere anymore in the NFL. Uh, he's very quickly wore out his welcome down in Miami, a team that, quite honestly, is going to be lucky if they win four games. They didn't want him down there with with the, the rookie quarterback possibly starting, Ryan Tannehill. So I'm not so sure that Dallas really wants to bring in that type of guy. They saw how... T- um, T.O. ended up, uh, that ended badly. It, it wasn't all that bad through through T.O.'s playing time in Dallas, but overall, at, at the end, they didn't win the Super Bowl, and he, you know it was a, a bad ending. And Chad Johnson is not as talented as T.O. and older than T.O. was at that time. So it's just somebody that I don't see the point in the Cowboys picking up. They've got a young Des Bryant, Hopefully Miles Austin gets healthy. Hopefully Jason Witten is healthy along with Tony Romo. They have the weapons. Why do they need to roll the dice on Chad Johnson? And as for the the second article, um, Jason Witten injury good for wide receivers. I can kind of see the point in that. Obviously the wide receiver, some some of the wide receivers after Des Bryant and Miles Austin need a little bit more work. The Cowboys are looking for that third slot receiver that um, I believe it was. Lawrence Robinson had 
I, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but a high number of, of touchdown, receiving touchdowns. Actually, I think he had the most on the whole team, and he's not returning with the Cowboys this year. So that is a big hole that they're, gonna tr they're trying to fill here in training camp. But I think that they're going to find that guy to be that third slot receiver, and they don't need Chad Johnson to be that guy. But overall, I'm, I'm not sold on the Cowboys. I, I watched their Monday night game last week uh, against Oakland. That, it was only the first preseason game, but that offense needs a lot of work. It's, that offensive line um, had quite a bit of holes in it. It's funny that in such a pass-happy league now, that we forget about the basics as fans, the offensive line and defensive line, and teams like the Jets, the Cowboys, who have a lot of talent but can't block. They're not going to be able to win games. They can't protect the quarterback. They can't run the ball effectively because the offensive line isn't very good. So I don't want to rip on uh, our young writer, Steve uh, Shackleford. He's done a great job uh, with his articles, and I hope to keep reading his, his stuff. But um, I definitely have question marks about the Dallas Cowboys going into this season. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back with our fourth and long segment. And we're back here on Football Nation's Monday Morning Huddle with your host, Dave Holcomb. Uh, it's beginning to be evening here, and we're hearing some crickets. Tonight, today's show coming from outside. First time ever our show is outside. Just a little reminder to our fans out there of the other podcasts that you can listen to on our website. Alex Reamer has a great podcast that comes out every Wednesday um, called FN Today. We're going to go to our fourth and long segment, and we're going to do it a little bit different this week. There was an article written by Jake Smith that actually was posted on Dave's Football News and on my Twitter, but in case you missed it, I will be posting it again. It, it was 2012 NFL Five Super Bowl Sleepers. So we were going to go through the five sleepers and either grunt and say they are a sleeper and ha or have Super Bowl potential or pun them away and say that they don't. Starting with the Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers, I'm going to say grunt. I have been liking the Panthers more and more as we get closer to this season. I've even considered putting them into the playoffs as a wild card team. And I think if they're a playoff team or could be a playoff team, they're, they're a Super Bowl contender. So although I wouldn't agree with that Super Bowl guarantee that their, their players came out with maybe a month or so ago, uh, I, I would agree that they're a team on the rise. Cam Newton looks really great. doesn't look like he's going to have that sophomore slump. And I would grunt on this one and say that they are a sleeper for the Super Bowl. Moving on to the second team, we have the Denver Broncos. And I'm going to punt here. I think the Denver Broncos are highly overrated going into this, this season 2012. Obviously, Peyton Manning is a... Is a upgrade, a huge upgrade you could say, from Tim Tebow, but I don't think Manning is enough to make this team a Super Bowl team. And also you have to take into account 
what Tebow did for the locker room last year in Denver. He was a huge uh, addition. Putting him into the starting lineup was a huge addition, and he inspired that defense to play so well. With Peyton Manning, I'm not saying Peyton Manning's a bad player, but Peyton Manning's style offense, especially in Indianapolis, were outscore you type of offense, score more points than you, and I don't know if Denver is going to be able to keep up with other teams giving up more points than they did last year. They were the number one uh, rushing team last year. They're not going to have that this year. Their passing game will be improved, but who knows if Peyton Manning is going to be Peyton Manning. We have to, we have to remember Manning is coming back from a huge injury, um, neck surgery, multiple neck surgeries, and who knows if he's going to be himself. So as of right now, Broncos are not a Super Bowl sleeper in my mind. Moving across the country to Buffalo, remaining in the AFC, I'm going to, to grunt here. Uh, the Buffalo Bills are a team that I think could make the playoffs. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick is, is coming into his own. He's a real good quarterback. Um, was was injured part of last year. Other Bills players on offense, their offensive line and and their running back Fred Jackson had injuries in the second half of the year, so they really struggled in November and December. Had a huge collapse, but started the year four and one or four and two, if I'm not mistaken. Four and one is, is you know was a, was a real good start. They beat the New England Patriots. This is a team that is on the rise, and in, in, in a division where everyone is focused on the New York Jets and whether they can compete with the Patriots. I'm not saying the Bills are going to compete with the Patriots for that division, but the Bills will be there this year for that wild card and could be a Super Bowl sleeper. Again, remaining in the AFC, the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that was very young last year with rookies Andy Dalton and A.J. Green leading that offense. And head coach Marvin Lewis is signed to a contract extension. That was a lot of questions this summer about that issue but that has been resolved so the Bengals seem to be poised for a playoff return or at least have back-to-back winning seasons for the first time since 1982 incredible that they haven't had back-to-back seasons in over almost 30 years but being in that AFC North division with the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers I really don't think either of those teams are going anywhere uh, Baltimore has got a great defense as always. Joe Flacco is coming into his own and re- becoming a real good quarterback now with the confidence from the AFC Championship game. Ray Rice is a stellar running back, and you got the Steelers, who still have Ben Roethlisberger and a great defense themselves. Yes, the Steelers have some question marks on offense with the new style and the new system with Todd Haley, but I, I just think there's too much um, firepower from those guys for the Bengals to return to the playoffs it's going to be very hard for three teams from the same division to go to the playoffs again. That happened last year from the AFC North. But the Bengals 0-4 against the Steelers and, and, and Ravens. If that happens again this year, the Bengals are going to have a hard time making the playoffs with a pretty tough schedule. And uh, so, therefore, I'm going to punt this away and say the Bengals are not Super Bowl contenders. And the last team on this list from Jake's article... The Detroit Lions, which uh, I was a little curious. To me, they really wouldn't be a sleeper if they're a Super Bowl contender because that was a team that did very well last year and made the playoffs, although some some of these other teams on this list also made the playoffs. But 
But for the sake of uh, arguing, yes, I would say, I, I would grunt here and say that the Detroit Lions are a Super Bowl contender. They're actually a team that I don't think is going to make the playoffs. Kind of, kind of funny that uh, way that works out. But again, they have a tough division. The NFC North is very difficult with the Green Bay Packers being 15 and one. And I really believe that the Chicago Bears are going to be improved. That defense is aging just a little bit. But Jay Cutler is going to be better if he's healthy for the whole season. Matt Forte was injured for part of last season. He's going to be back and, and healthy and, and with a new contract is going to be running hard. And they brought in Brandon Marshall to help out Jay Cutler. We saw what Marshall and Cutler did in Denver almost five years ago now. But they're paired up again with Mike Tice running that offense. They're going to be a much improved team. Don't forget, two years ago, they went all the way to the NFC Championship game and barely lost to the Super Bowl champs by a touchdown. So I think the Bears are a team to be reckoned with, and it's very difficult, as we said, for three teams from the same division to make the playoffs. So the Lions are kind of the odd man out on my list, but I would say the Lions are a Super Bowl contender as of week one. So that wraps up our fourth and long segment. We're going to send you out on one more song from George Harrison, personally my favorite Beatle. And then we're going to come back and wrap up today's show. Welcome back to Monday Morning Huddle with Dave Holcomb. We're wrapping up today's episode. Just a reminder, uh, if you're listening on Monday, tonight's game is going to be between the Philadelphia Eagles and the New England Patriots. That wraps up week two of the preseason. And uh, coming forward the next week for week three and week four, of course, the following week, just want to remind our listeners that you can get every game's recap for the preseason on our website, footballnation.com. Don't forget, you can send me a tweet at dmholcomb or an email at dmholcomb06 at gmail.com. So you can communicate with me that way. Check out the game recaps for the rest of the preseason. Personally, I will be writing two more this week. I've already written three with that third one coming out Monday, uh, recapping the Steelers-Colts game. But every recap is available at footballnation.com. Enjoy your last few weeks of August, the last bit of summer that is remaining, and tune in next week as training camp and well, as training camp ends and the preseason continues on and we inch closer and closer to that regular season. In the meantime, I'm going to go find some peace in my mind. Watch you now.